Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. Today we do begin a series entitled, In God We Trust. In God We Trust. And uh, every dollar that you have in your wallet or in your bank account is inscribed with the slogan, in God we trust. And I think that it's ironic that on the very thing that most of us have a tendency to put our trust in has on it that it's actually in God we trust, not the dollar that's in our bank account. And I really want us to begin to consider not just as a world, but really as a church, as believers, what would happen to our lives and in our, in our faith life, in our prayer life, if we were able to really truly, honestly shift our trust from a limited resource to the unlimited God, to the one who has a word for his people. When we put our trust in his word, it literally begins to change our lives. And, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at God's word this today and the next Sunday and next Sunday. What we're gonna discover is that the Bible has a lot to say about money. There's principles, there's truths about it. And what you'll find out is that these principles and these truths that God has in his word about money, they help us to prosper in our lives. Let me just, let's start from the outset and say, that is God's plan for your life, that you would prosper. God's plan for your life is that you would not be in a, in, in a lack, but you would be in abundance. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, my people, I have a plan for my people and their plans to prosper them, not to harm them, to give them a hope and a future. So God gives us his word. He gives us truth. He gives us revelation. He gives us principles and they are there to help us prosper in this life. Now, a skeptic would say that when God talks about money and he talks about money a lot, in fact, there is more scripture about wealth and resources and money than there are about prayer, than there are about faith, than there are about heaven and hell. God talks a lot about money. And the skeptic would say that God talks a lot about money because he wants something from us. But the truth is God talks a lot about money because he wants something for us. And he understands, in the New Testament, it says that you cannot serve both God and money. You can't love both God and money. You will either love one and hate the other or hate one and love the other. You cannot serve two masters. And so God brings us truth and he brings us revelation. He gives us principles so that we can prosper in this life. And across the next four weeks, what we will discover is that when we put our trust in God and we trust his perspective on money, when we trust his priorities for money, when we trust his principles for money and trust his plans for money, that in that trust that we will discover that he makes our paths straight. And here's the big idea for the series and we'll cover this every Sunday, but this is the big idea and we'll put it on the screen. And it's this, that when we put our trust in God, he will pave the way for us. Come on, let's say that together. When we put our faith, trust in God, he will pave the way for us. And here's the scripture that we're gonna be studying all month. And this is it, Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. It says this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Goes on to verse seven. This is what I'll be teaching on today. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. 
Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops, and then your barn will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and he will make your paths straight. Anybody remember growing up when you first discovered what a trust fall was? Anybody remember trust falls? Raise your hand if you remember what trust falls were. It's pretty self-explanatory. It's where you trust someone and then you fall into their, into their arms and they catch you. I'll never forget when I first started discovering the trust fall when I was a little kid, my dad was teaching me that, hey, just fall and, and trust me and I'll catch you. And I was a bit of like a, a thrill seeker. I loved adrenaline. So it's like, if I, could, if I could catch that adrenaline for a moment, man, I loved it. That's really gone away in my old age. Like I've got a teenager now and she's like, dad, let's, and I'm like, let's stay home. Like, let's, let's, let's do that. Uh, but but I, was, I was a bit of a thrill seeker, so I loved it. And my, my sister though was not like me. She was very like nervous. And so I would be like, check this out. And I'd fall, my dad would catch me and it'd be amazing. But my sister, she was like, she wanted to trust. She would like kind of trust, start to trust. But the moment she kind of got back on her heels, her, her body would fold. She'd try to catch herself. And in a trust fall, it only works if you fully trust and fully fall. The moment you kind of like buckle out of a trust fall, the person who is going to catch you cannot catch you and you cannot catch yourself. And so you just end up with like a sore rear end. Like that's the, the, the trust fall requires trust and it requires a full falling. And that's what we're talking about today. Trusting God's perspective in money. But before you can trust in God's perspective, you have to start with just simply trusting God. If you don't trust the person, you'll never trust their hands. Uh, I remember when I was, again, with the trust fall, I showed my, I had a bunch of younger brothers. I remember showing my younger brothers the trust fall. And uh, I have one brother, his name is Mike, and one brother, his name is Josh. And I remember Mike said, hey, Josh, do the trust fall. And Josh said, okay. And so Josh went to fall, and Mike just stepped aside and watched him hit the ground. And he starts laughing. I said, Mike, why'd you do that? And he said, because it was so funny. And I said, you're right. It was so funny. The problem is he cannot trust you anymore. And here, here's a big idea. We're going to get to trusting God's perspective, but it has to start with trusting God. So when we look in Proverbs, what we'll see, many refer to Proverbs as the book of wisdom. And, but wisdom isn't just knowledge. Wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge properly to your life. In other words, we can't just know what's right. We actually have to learn how to live what's right. Chapter three in Proverbs is, is really all about completely trusting in God. Now, not only in money, it's really talking about trusting in God in every area of your life, trusting God in your relationships and your finances, trusting God with your kids, in your marriage, trusting God in your workplace, trusting God with your church, trusting God with your whole life. But I think that the writer wisely chooses money as the practical application of how to trust God with your whole life. And so he begins to talk through this. And so what we'll find is, is it's the level of our prosperity will be directly connected to our level of trust in the Lord. So, so if we don't have a high level of trust, we will not experience a high level of prosperity because real prosperity includes money, but it's not limited to money. So let's talk about trusting in the Lord for a moment. Let's do Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. And I'm gonna ask him to leave this scripture up on the screen for a little bit because I want you to get it. I want you to get it in your heart, get it in your mind. I want you to be able to see it because we're not just passing by the scripture. In the scripture is the secrets and the rhythms and the revelation to life. And we're learning how to trust in the Lord. So look at this chapter Three, starting in verse five, it says, trust in the Lord with all of your hearts and lean not on your own understanding. Let's start there. We can trust in the Lord. The Lord is trustworthy. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is consistent. 
The Lord is steadfast. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's consistent and holy. We can trust him, amen? But the writer didn't say we can trust him. The writer said, trust him. It wasn't advice, although we can. It was a command. It was an instruction. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord in the way you live. Trust the Lord in the way you give. Trust the Lord in the way you interact with people and one another. Trust in him. It was an instruction. Trust the Lord. And this idea of trusting is not a shallow, casual, one-dimensional kind of trust. It's an all-in. It's a complete. It's a through and through. It's an all I have. It's an undivided, unsegregated kind of trust. And so to get a full picture of this idea of trust, really, you need to understand, bring up Proverbs 3, 5 again. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. So the first kind of trust is this. It's trusting God entirely. Trusting God with all of your being. It's not like, hey, God, 50-50, you and I, partnership. We're gonna make this thing happen. It's not even, hey, God, trust you, 80, 20, 90, 10. You do the heavy lifting, but I'm gonna help you out. It's this idea of trusting God with all of your heart. It's I'm undivided in my trust. I'm unsegregated in my trust. I'm without reservation. I'm completely in trusting with with you. So it's a trusting God entirely, but it's also a trusting God exclusively. It goes on, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It's, it's an entire, it's an exclusive trust that only God gets from your heart. And it, it is not to say that you can't trust yourself or you can't trust a spouse or you can't trust a friend. It's that my trust is not put in them. My trust is put in God. They might demonstrate their trustworthiness and there's, there's an ability to trust on some level, but I don't put the, the worth of my life and the hope of my life and the security of my life in anyone or anything but God. I trust him entirely. I trust him exclusively. But it also says we trust God extensively. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. Say all your ways. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. We have this, this tendency as people to lean on our own understanding. We have an experience, we have a nurture, we have a way that seems right to us, this inclination. Like, I don't know why I think this way, but I just think this way. It's just kind of in me. It's the way I was raised. It's the way I did it. So it's just, I'm gonna kind of like do life my way. And, and we shouldn't even be surprised by that. Isaiah said, hey, we all like sheep go astray and we all turn to our own way. Proverbs 14 says, there is a way that seems right to man but in the end, it leads to death. We have an understanding. We have an inclination. We have a way about life that we tend to go. But what the writer is saying, not on your own understanding, lean completely, entirely, exclusively, and extensively into the Lord. It's not enough to trust God on Sundays. We need to trust God on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Friday. Amen, anybody? I'm not trust, trusting God with, with an hour and 10 minutes on a Sunday morning to speak to me. And then the rest of my life, I'm going, I got this my own way. No, 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 no. God is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. There's this quote by Abraham uh, Kuyper that says in this, in the total expanse of human life, there is not a single square inch of which the Christ who alone is sovereign does not declare that is mine. 
Come on, this service isn't the only thing that belongs to God. My life belongs to God. Your life belongs to God. My marriage belongs to God. My kids belong to God. My hopes, my dreams, my job, my endeavors in this life, it belongs to him. And so I trust in him. So there's this command to trust. But here's what I love. It's not just a command to trust. It's a command to trust that is attached to a promise. Bring up Proverbs chapter three, verse six. It says, and submit to him in all your ways. And this is the promise. And he will make your paths straight. He will make your paths straight. The amplified version, I love how the amplified version says it. It says, and he will make your paths straight and smooth removing obstacles that block your way. Let me remind you of the big idea, the thesis of this series. And it's this, that when we put our trust in God, he will pave the way for us. Let me say that again. When we put our trust in God, he will pave the way for us. I wonder if there's anybody in here that's ever gotten to a point in their life where they say, God, would you intervene? God, would you interject? God, would you, would you do what only you can do? I've, I've done everything I can. Anybody ever prayed a prayer that says, God, I don't know what else to pray. I don't know what else to do. I've done my best. This is my best thinking, my best acting, my best faith. But God, I need you to intervene right now. I need you to step in. I acknowledge my need for you right now. And I'm done trying to support myself. I'm done trying to lead myself. I'm leaning into who you are, God. Would you intervene? Has anybody ever asked God, would you make straight my paths? It looks crooked. I don't know which way to go. I'm confused. I don't know. I, I've, I've prayed my best prayer. I've asked for advice and I'm still, God, would you make my path straight? Has anybody ever believed for that before? Have you ever been facing an obstacle in your life, a diagnosis, a, a debt, something, a, a relationship that's gone sour and you're going, God, it's an obstacle and I've done my best, but I need you to intervene and remove an obstacle for me. The word of the Lord to you is stop trying to rely on your own understanding, your own way of doing things the way you've always done it. Send that away and trust in God and he will make your paths straight. I think it's interesting that the writer here chooses to use the word trust for in the Lord and lean on our own understanding because that word in the Hebrew for trust is the word bata. And it has this word picture to it where it's the casting down of oneself or to lie helplessly face forward towards the Lord. It's not this idea of verbally trusting God. It's a throwing your life down helplessly before God and his way. But that word for lean literally means to support yourself. And so the writer is saying, if you want God to make your path straight, stop supporting yourself on your own understanding. Throw yourself helplessly before the God of the universe who has a way for you that is better than your way. And listen, I'll just say this for me. When it comes to, to, to my finances, there has come moments where I've wrestled with the Lord and I say, God, this is the way that seems right to me. This is the way that feels right to me. This is the way that feels safe to me. This is the way that I understand it. This is the way I've experienced it. This is the way my dad did it. And I've had to go, God, but I don't want the best I can do for myself. I want the best that you can do for me. So where my will comes into conflict with God's will, not my will, but your will be done. I'm not relying on my own understanding anymore. I'm throwing myself helplessly before the Lord, trusting in him to make my path straight. Can I get a big amen? in the room this morning. So we're trusting in the Lord. And specifically this morning, we are trusting in God's 
perspective. So the writer goes on into verse seven, and this is what it says. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord. Do not be wise in your own eyes, your own perspective, fear the Lord. Trust in his perspective. And then it says, shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Trust the Lord's perspective. Psalm 49 verse 20 says this, people who have wealth but lack understanding are like the beasts that perish. Come on, it's not wealth that makes our life better. It's wealth in the way of the Lord that makes our life better. I don't wanna have wealth without understanding. And that's what God's perspective is bringing to us in understanding. So what is God's perspective? Number one, God's perspective is this. It starts with everything belongs to God. This is the most important perspective you'll ever, you'll ever get when it comes to the area of your money. That everything you have, including your money, belongs to the Lord. Psalm 24, one says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all of its people belong to him. Chronicles 29, 16, the Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name, it comes from your hands and all of it belongs to you. God's perspective, everything belongs to him. But when we are wise in our own eyes, we say things like, that's mine because I worked for it. That's mine because I generated it. That's mine because I put in the time. I put in the work. I put in the effort. But the reason is Proverbs chapter three, verses nine says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your crops. It's not because God needs anything from you. It's because I need to do something in my life that reminds me that it all belongs to him. God does not need my tithe. He has everything. I need to tithe because when I give God the first 10% of my increase, it reminds me and I am reminding myself that everything I have comes from him. Tithing is, doesn't, doesn't make God better. It makes me better. Tithing doesn't get God more. It increases my revelation understanding of what God has done in my life. Amen. Now listen, I'm not preaching on the tithes today. Pastor Jude will actually preach on that next week when we discover God's priorities for our money. But let me just say this. I believe that there are people here even this morning, you're beginning to be challenged. You're beginning to feel called. You're beginning to say, God, I wanna trust you in every area of, of, of my life. Can I tell you the greatest place to start that? Like the writer in Proverbs says, is to start with your money. Begin to trust God. And when you begin to trust God with your money, you'll begin to trust God with everything else in your life. And last year, what we decided to do is put together a resource to help people begin to trust in the Lord. Because many times trusting begins with trying, right? And so we put together a resource, it's called the 90 Day Tithe Challenge. And what that is, is when you, when you join this, what happens is that you get weekly, multiple times a week, you'll get resources, scriptures, things that will encourage you on your journey in your path of trusting the Lord. So I would encourage you to try that this morning if you've, if you've never done it before. But the most important perspective is that everything belongs to God. Now, this is the second part of the perspective we have to get in us. And that is this, that God has more than enough for us. God has, it's, it, it all belongs to him, but he makes it available for us. It all belongs to him. But for those who trust in him, those who honor him, that more than enough is made available to us. Second Corinthians 9, 8 says, and God is able to bless you abundantly, not just enough, abundantly. 
so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And maybe you're thinking here today, because I have thought this before, look, okay, fine, I believe God has enough, but he's not sharing it with me. God, okay, great. God's got a Cadillac on a thousand, in a thousand oaks, whatever. You know, he's, he's got all the things that he needs, but like I got a bunch of things that I still need. So, so, so how do we reconcile? And now listen, I don't know why you're, you're wrestling with those thoughts. I can tell you why I have wrestled with those thoughts. Because when I grew up, it didn't seem like we ever had enough. Uh, there, there's been times in my life where I felt like I was making progress and then something happens, medical bills, a loss of a job, and suddenly it's all wiped out and you're going, well, like I was, what, but why did that happen? Or, or maybe it's just simply as inflation goes and, 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 and things get tighter, lifestyle kind of, you can't make it anymore. And it causes you to begin to doubt going, God, where are you at in this? I thought you wanted me to prosper. And now this is running out and this is running out. And, and you begin to wrestle, go, God, okay, fine. I believe that you've got enough, but for some reason you don't want to share it with me. Now, you probably have a good reason to wrestle with these doubts and these concerns. I felt like I did, and sometimes I feel like I do. But here's what I believe is happening this morning and what will happen over the next few weeks, that through the help of the Holy Spirit, God is going to begin to shift our perspective from our experience and our understanding into the truth of God's word. As we begin to trust in him and not our own understanding, can I get a big amen from the church? We're believing God to help us shift our trust from money fully and completely onto the Lord. Proverbs 3, nine through 10 says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, and then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Everyone say overflowing. And your vats will brim over with new wine. So listen, if my barns are going to be filled to overflowing, then that means God has enough and then he has some more. And if my vats are gonna brim over, then that means God has enough and then he has some more. But, 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 but my perspective, but my, my, when I'm wise in my own eyes, I go, God might have it, but it's not running over in my life. My barns aren't overflowing. My fats aren't brimming over. And this is my challenge to you this morning because I have felt this challenge in my life that if I don't have enough, it's not an issue of God not having enough. It's probably an issue that I haven't built barns for him to fill. Because God can only overflow a barn that we've given him to fill. God can only overflow a vat that we've given him to fill. God brings increase to those who bring him something to fill. Think about this in scripture. Elisha saw the woman. She goes, Elisha, I need help from the Lord. I've got all these debts to pay off and I have no way to pay off my debt. And I've just have this little bit of oil. And he says, go and get as many empty vats and jars as you can get. Go bring them to me. And when you bring them to me, you'll pour out that little bit of oil that you have. And as long as you have empty vats to fill, the oil will never run out. And that's exactly what happened. Jesus's mom came to him at a wedding and said, Jesus, we're all out of wine. What are we gonna do? You gotta do something. He says, then bring me the water and I'll turn it into wine. What we need to do is bring God something to fill. Bring God something to change. It doesn't say God will give you barns and then overflow them. He says, he'll overflow the barns that you have. And let me tell you something. That's what we're doing in the month of February this year. We're learning how to build barns. Because when we begin to trust God and his priority for money, and when we begin to live by God's principles and give the way he says to give and save the way he says to save and be generous the way he says to be generous. And when we learn to be a blessing, not so that we can bank everything up, but we, but we learn that we are blessed so that we can be a blessing. When we, when we live God's way and his priorities and his perspective and his principles and his plans, we are building 
barns that he will fill to overflowing. Everything belongs to God and he has more than enough for his people. And then finally, number three, this perspective, God delights in the prosperity of his people. Oh, he delights in the prosperity of his people. It is not his will that any, anybody, any one of his kids be broke or busted or disgusted. God has not called you to a low life. No, he has come that you may have life and have it to the fullest, that you might have life abundantly. He delights in the prosperity of his people. That's why Psalms 35, 27 says, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. God takes pleasure in prospering you. God takes pleasure in blessing you. God takes pleasure in, in blessing your life and blessing your finances and blessing your marriage and blessing your kids and bless, come on, anybody believe that God loves the prosperity of his people. But the prosperity begins with trusting in God and trusting his perspective. And I believe right now by faith, I am looking at a prosperous people. I see it right now. I see, I see money coming from places you didn't imagine. I see businesses being lifted off the ground. I see debt being wiped out in Jesus' name. Come on, I see people overcoming. I see a church that gives radically, it gives extraordinarily. I see a church of hundreds of people meeting the needs of hundreds of thousands of people in the city of Ventura, in the city of Santa Barbara, in the city of Oxnard and Thousand Oaks. Why? Because we're people who trust in the Lord and we don't lean on our own understanding. We've submitted all of our ways unto the Lord and He begins to make our paths straight. I see people who honor the Lord with their wealth, who honor the Lord with the first fruits of their crops, who stand there and look at the barns and the vats of their life and go, God, how did you ever overflow it to this point? How did you ever brim this over? God, I didn't have the idea. I didn't have the way. I didn't have the know-how. I didn't have the experience, but thank God I never leaned on my own understanding, I trusted in you. Come on, would you stand to your feet, church? Come on, if you're believing for help, if you're believing for breakthrough, if you're believing for an opportunity, if you're believing for the outpouring of the blessing of the Lord, would you lift your hands this morning? God, we believe that you've come to bless us. God, we believe that it's your will that we prosper. God, we believe that it's your heart for us that we would abound in all things at all times for every good work. And Lord, we recognize that every good and perfect gift comes from you. So God, we put all of our hope and all of our trust in you in Jesus. Now, before we, we wrap this up, here, here's the reality. The proof that God wants us to prosper is that he gave his son, Jesus. He gave his only son that none would perish. He sent him to live the life we, we, we could never live, to die the death that we should have died and then resurrect to forgive us and set us free from the penalty that we deserved. He sent his son so that we could prosper, not just today, but for eternity. God didn't come just so we could prosper in our bank account because what does it profit a man to, to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? But Jesus came that we would prosper at the deepest level, at the soul level, at the heart level, at the spirit level. From that will come all the things that we need in life. But it starts with salvation. It starts with surrender not just trusting in the Lord and his principles for money, but trusting in the Lord to do the work in us that we can never do for ourselves. Because Romans says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
And it says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then it says, but if we would confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, that we shall be saved. We trust in the Lord. We don't trust in our own works. We don't trust in our church attendance. We don't trust in our tithe records. We don't trust in, our, in, in the faith of a father or the faith of a grandmother. No, 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 we trust in the work of Jesus. And if we start from a place of prospering in our soul and prospering our spirit through the work of Jesus, and we trust in the Lord with all of our ways, then we will see He will make our path straight in every area of our life. But it starts with trusting Jesus. And so this morning, if you would say, I've never put my trust fully in Jesus and I wanna surrender my life to Him. In just a minute, I'm gonna count to three. And when I get to three, I want you to lift your hand high and I'll know that, we'll, that we're, as a church, we're gonna be praying together. But before we ever try to prosper in our finances, let's, let's yield to the Lord. Let's trust God for the salvation of our souls. So number one, you would say, that's me. I feel God calling me and drawing me. I wanna commit my life to Jesus. Number two, you would say, I'm ready to surrender my life and put my trust in Him completely and totally. Three, that's you, lift your hand real high, real quick, and you can put it back down, say, that's me. I see your hand, sir. Come on, I see your hand, ma'am. I see your hand, ma'am. Come on, anybody else, you say, I wanna trust in the Lord completely and give my life to Him. Anybody else, anybody else? Let's pray together. Would you pray, everyone pray together, church. Say, Jesus, I see you, I hear you, and I feel you. I wanna give my life to you. I believe that you died and that you rose again to forgive me of my sins. Now I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Come on, would you celebrate those who made a decision to follow Jesus? Now, one more thing this morning, I wanna pray for everybody in the room. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I really believe the Lord showed me that there are those who you want to believe that He delights in your prosperity, but for whatever reason, you just struggle to believe it. Maybe you've been through some really tough things. Maybe you felt like you were abandoned in different moments in time, and it's just hard for you to believe that God wants you to prosper. I believe that today God wants to heal that part of your heart and your mind and that something would shift inside of you. You wouldn't even know how, you couldn't explain it. You just say, I don't know how, but I believe God wants to bless me. I believe God delights in my prosperity. God wants to heal some wounds. And it might be related to money, but it might just be related to trust in general. You were hurt, you were abandoned, something went wrong. You felt like you were left out to dry in a, in a, in a different point. God wants to heal that in you this morning so that you can believe Him for tomorrow. If that's you this morning, you say, I struggle to trust the Lord or trust that He wants to prosper me and you want healing for that. Would you just lift your hand up real quick? So that's me, amen. Come on, I believe there's more people in the room this morning. You say, that's me, I wanna be healed in the area of my trust. I wanna be able to fully trust the Lord for, for, my, for my blessing, for my provision. I'm gonna pray over you and then we're gonna, we're gonna come to a close. But Lord, right now I come before you and I come before you with your people, the people that you love, the people that you adore the people that you gave your life for, the people that you delight in their prosperity. And God, we're asking for help from the Holy Spirit today to come in and restore and heal broken areas of our mind and of our soul. God, I pray that you would help us to see ourselves the way you see us. God, I pray that you'd help us to see ourselves as blessed and as overcomers and those who you are empowering to live the life that we've called to. God, I pray that where we have been hurt and wounded in the past, God, I pray that, there, that, that you would bring a healing in Jesus' name. 
Lord, that that would scar over and that scar wouldn't remind us of the pain we had, but it would remind us of the healing that took place in our life and be a testimony to others. So God, I thank you that you are restoring broken trust and we are gonna begin to trust you again. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, can we thank the Lord for what he did today? We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com and click give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.